0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. Brian, how are you, my friend?
1: Jake, I just knocked down a bowl of peanut butter M&M's, so I'm doing great right now. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. And to coincide with that, the University of Utah
0: just got a commitment. Woo! I like it. There Yeah, We'll talk about that. The addition of Brandon McKinney to the Utah football program. Also a loss on the Utah running Utes front with John Lucas committing to a certain team down south. We'll talk about that and of course we'll catch you guys up on everything else you guys need to know about as a Utah fan. A little bit more about George Kliavkov, building off our conversation on Tuesday. Some of the issues that he's going to face as the new commissioner of the Pac-12 Conference. We'll have it all covered for you guys ahead on today's show. It's all brought today in part by our title sponsor rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or suv could ever need check them out at rockauto.com all right brian i know you're fired up what do you say should we get going here let's get it on let's do this thing this is the locked on utes podcast for may 20th 2021 Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. My name is Jay catch That across from me virtually is my good friend Brian Brown, the Brown Bear himself. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utes every single day. Make sure, by the way, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the new Odyssey app. No matter where you catch us, hit that follow button. That way we update right there in that podcast feed for you every single day as we talk about the Utes. Brian, how are you, sir? I, I'm great, Jake. Uh, the
1: good news is is that when you all listen to this, I'll have had a good night's sleep rather than the uh, restless night that I had on uh tuesday night and as i tweeted out my brain turns to cold porridge when that happens so whatever whatever i say on this podcast may, cannot and will not be held against me in a court of public opinion jake you heard it here first
0: you did put this on like a public platform so you know we'll 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 see how that goes <laughs>
1: I've seen the numbers. There's lots of people out there listening.
0: There are, there are. I mean, we thank all of you who have supported the podcast. It's been a fun venture. I think, are we in month five, month six? I, th- I think we're six months in. We're, maybe, we're coming up on six months, but nonetheless, we've had an absolute blast talking all things Utes. Let's get going here with some great news for the Utah football program, Brian, and that is that Brandon McKinney, a graduate transfer from the University of Washington, has announced that he will come to the University of Utah, and I think this is actually a very welcome addition out of the transfer portal especially considering he plays the safety position
1: yeah it seems like it's a perfect match for both mckinney and utah mckinney had only started one game in his career at washington but played in 44 so he's gotten some playing experience he needed an opportunity where he could go get more playing time he was likely to be left out of the rotation there up at washington utah needed somebody to come in for a year while R.J. Hubert decides what to do regarding his injury. Uh, last I'd heard that Hubert was in the middle of rehabbing, so positive thoughts and prayers go out to him so he can get back onto the field at some point. But in the meantime, Utah goes and fills a need with Brandon McKinney, a 6 6'2", 190-pound safety from Orange County, California.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on the fact that this is a guy looking for extra playing time. Uh, Just reading up on him, he has finished in his career with 40 tackles at Washington, one tackle for loss, one pass defended, and one forced fumble. He played in all four games the Huskies played in 2020, finishing with just four tackles. Three of those came in their win over the University of Arizona. So this is very much a young man who is looking to make the most of his final year of eligibility at the collegiate level, obviously trying to get on the radar of NFL scouts if at all possible. But Brian, just looking at it on paper, obviously, the R.J. Hubert, he had great unknown there. I think that this is absolutely a guy, speaking of McKinney, who could come in and expect, I'm going to challenge for playing time right away. For
1: sure. It's it's not anything set in stone up there in the Hill. I know that the University of Utah is very high on Cole Bishop safety out of Georgia, but he is a true freshman and you're going to have the luxury of breaking him a lot more slowly as McKinney comes in and settles in there at the other safety position. Vontae Davis returning had a phenomenal year last year. There's really no other way to describe what he did. Led the team in interceptions basically made me eat all of my words as i couldn't believe that he played the way that he did and good for him for doing that because i was hungry for some words jake i was just hungry (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Just wanted to eat my words. See, and the thing about Vontae Davis I, that I love playing, I love him playing on the field, is because I love the fact that he is just a big play waiting to happen, it feels like. He, at any given point, he's going to step up. Big interception, a big tackle for loss, come up and make a play uh, in the secondary. That's what I love about that guy, and I think that's something that many of us going into last season wondered who was going to be that guy, and Vontae Davis emerged very quickly. And
1: I don't know that anybody necessarily thought that he was going to be the guy that would make that jump from what he'd done previously, but it shows what playing with confidence can do for a player. He knew what his assignments were. He knew where to be. Utah mixed up the scheme a little bit, started playing a little bit more zone. That got him confident with some interceptions, and that really led to him having a breakout season, and to the point of where people were just super grateful he was going to come back for one more year because it just meant that much more uh, solidification in the secondary that they were still breaking in a lot of new players jt broughton clark phillips uh it'll be interesting to see who plays at the nickel position as malone matele had a pretty good spring and you know you'll see some kamoi latu back there at the safety position just a real shame that rj hubert got hurt because i think utah would have been in really good straights however with the addition of mckinney i i really do feel like that shores things up nicely
0: it does and that that's the thing about this we we look at this defense i think you and i are both in agreement here look at it and say okay Kyle Whittingham, they essentially took a one-year uh, rebuild here. And rebuild's probably the wrong term, but they reloaded in 2020. And obviously, twenty twenty has just been a weird year for everybody. But they reloaded, got guys some playing time. Essentially, it was a free uh, redshirt year for all of these guys. And now you bring them all back with experience going into this fall. That defense, in my opinion, should be absolutely ferocious.
1: There's no reason for it not to. I think they've got depth, they've got experience, they've got guys who are uh, through the system now. They can play a little bit more of the style that they want to play. That's a conversation that I think we'll likely go back and forth on as the season gets closer. Should you play the way that you've always played or should you kind of trend more towards that zone style defense that so you played a little bit more? uh in 2020 that did turn the ball over pretty proficiently but it did prevent you from getting the kind of pressure on the quarterback that you were so used to as a a program and that's you know chicken or egg sort of in that regards right do you want to have the turnovers or do you want to have the pressures it's hard to say
0: yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a fantastic pickup for the Utes. Uh, best of luck to Brandon McKinney as he gets here to Utah and begins working himself into the program, getting associated with his teammates, all that stuff. We'll be looking forward to seeing him out on the field this fall. But coming up here in just a minute, Brian, let's continue our conversation we had earlier this week about George Kliavkovs, the new Pac-12 commissioner. We're going to be examining some of the different issues that he faces as he comes into this new job. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is is his comment about the bread and butter, or knowing where their bread is buttered? Speaking of the Pac-12, we'll examine that more in depth here in just a few moments. Today's show, though, is brought to you guys by, brought to, brought to you guys, yeah, sure, by RockAuto.com. We absolutely love this company. Brian and I have both utilized their services. What we love about it is it's an online auto parts company that's a family-owned business. It's online for 20 years. This is not a fly-by-night organization. They have not been out there just doing things willy nilly and brian by the way the best part is when i go to their website i can look up my vehicle i can look at whatever part i need and they bring up every option available to me it's not just like okay we have three different manufacturers here you can pick from no they have every manufacturer available under the sun
1: yeah jake much like my golf game that website can be a little deceiving it is a lot uh it looks old it looks a little Maybe that it could be a little junky, but it is so efficient and so easy to use. If you can click a button, you can order a car part, lays everything out for you. There's nice pictures so you can see exactly what it is. So make sure ahead of time that you're getting the part that you really do need. And like you said, when you know your vehicle, makes it even easier. You can check the price level. And the prices are always lower when you're going through Rock Auto as opposed to going to one of those brick-and-mortar parts stores and having to deal with that surly dude behind the counter that kind of looks a little bit like Brown Bear and is hoarding that parts book like it's the... Golden plates of auto parts. I, I like
0: it. Golden plates. I'm, I'm so
1: stunned, Jake, by, by the visual that I just created for myself that I can't even finish the metaphor. Hey,
0: good good pull nonetheless. So check it out, guys. Go to rockauto.com. While you're there, by the way, please write Locked On Utes in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they, they know that we sent you guys to check them out. We love this company. Encourage you guys to give them an opportunity to serve you as well. They have an amazing selection. They're always reliably low-priced. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, Brown Bear, let's talk a little bit more about George Klyovkov and his new job as the Pac-12 Commissioner. I was intrigued, just to kind of start this conversation, by his comment about knowing where our bread is buttered. Speaking of the Pac-12 and his new role, he mentioned the fact that both football and men's basketball are the two driving forces here. And you and I have both joked uh, both on on this podcast and off this podcast about the Pac-12 being the quote-unquote conference of champions, to take the phrase from Bill Walton. And I I get why the Pac-12 promotes itself as that conference of champions. They have a lot of national championships across a myriad of different sports. These are these are athletic departments such as Stanford, et cetera, who offer all kinds of different sports, and they are proud of that heritage. But I'm glad that George Klyovkov came in and said right away, We know what the two driving forces are for these athletic departments. It's football and it's basketball, and we need to have more success in both departments.
1: It's a nice marketing pitch that you can tell the world that you win more championships than anybody else. But like the Deseret Duel, which is the championship of our state, Jake, and we're also super proud of that.
0: (laughs) He's winking for those of you at home.
1: (laughs) it's it's a numbers game right and then when you get championships and skiing and and track and field and you know the hey, the don't back that
0: badminton title come on now
1: listen man when they get that pickle t- pickleball team rolling you and me buddy we're in it we're in it and we're ready I, to go but i still got
0: eligibility coach put me in
1: two years that's all i need just two years give me a chip But, you know, aside from the fact of being the 12 or 15-time pro bowling champion of the NCAAs, they haven't done squat in terms of basketball and football, although 2020 did finally throw us a bone, I guess 2021, with the NCAA tournament and UCLA's run uh, through the Final Four, Uh, albeit very sudden and and, and unexpected, uh, I, I do... I am curious to see what happens now as a lot of those Pac-12 programs carry some expectations, right?
0: They do, absolutely. And that'll be interesting to see how a program like UCLA follows up that magical run. They were a true Cinderella in every sense of the word, making that run to the Final Four in the NCAA tournament. Of course, Mick Cronin will go out and hit the recruiting uh, trail hard, try and build on that success. But I'm glad to see Klyovkov understands, okay, you know what? We need to have more success in football. That's obviously going to bring us more respect. This is a conference, and Brian, I I have to admit, in the early 2000s, I was as big a USC fan as anybody out there. I loved watching those Matt Lyon, Reggie Bush, Carson Palmer, Lendell White teams because they were just fun. They had swagger. You knew when they walked out on the field, they were going to kick the crap out of whoever they faced on any given night. And that's what I loved about it. And I really do feel like kind of that swagger, that West Coast – uh, mentality, like us against the East Coast, that West Coast bias—I guess we'll call it—that they carried with themselves. I feel like that's been a little bit uh, lacking in the last decade or so in the Pac-12. Yeah,
1: you know, without a doubt, and I think Pac-12 fans already right, all, always want to talk about how the conference gets neglected some of that is just nobody's watching right your two biggest trending topics are Pac-12 after dark and Pac-12 refs it's never really about the actual football going on in the field and so I think that's got to be Kleavkov's goal and and it's also the puzzling part about this hire right you know our, our colleague over at 1280 Hans Olsen tweeted out that he wanted somebody that had a football background and it's understandable now a lot of people clap back on him saying well he's got a great resume he's a businessman and that's great but every business has got to have a product to sell and if your product is crap eventually the business is going to fail too that's not to say that Pac-12 football is crap per se but they've got to find a way to capitalize on it because the big question mark in my mind is what's what's happening down the road right because ESPN now has the rights to the SEC If ESPN has the rights to the SEC and the college football playoff, how likely are they to really expand the playoff? Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are writing the checks, and they're the ones that kind of control a lot of those decisions. And so the real problem becomes if we see a scenario where schools start to say, well, I don't want to pay the Pac-12 part of this anymore, so let's just cut them out of it. And then at that point, if you're Klayovkov, what's your leverage? What are you going in to negotiate with?
0: No, you, you wouldn't have anything at that point. Let's let's be clear about that. That's the tough part. But I yeah. think I think the one thing that I, I'm looking to see from Klyovkov as he takes over, he does have a guy already on staff who I feel like can be that quote-unquote football guy that Hans Olsen is looking for, and that's Merton Hanks. Uh, he's already there. He's already been look, overlooking the football in the Pac-12. I think if you give him the right opportunity and the right, I guess, tools, uh, authority, whatever you need to give him, to To build and re- refine this product, I think he's a guy who can really help the Pac 12's image as a football playing conference out. But we'll see. He's still very early on in his tenure. I think, what was he hired last year, if I recall correctly, uh, by the Pac 12? So he's only been in the job for just over a year now. So. I'm hopeful that he gets his opportunity. I, I think he's the type of guy who can be that quote-unquote football guy to assist Klyovkov. I think the one thing Klyovkov has to focus on is what he's good at, sports business. We, are, we already know his, his resume very much speaks to that ability. He needs to get people in place, whether it's a guy like Merton Hanks on the football side of things, find somebody for the basketball side of things, trust them to do their jobs, and also don't micromanage them.
1: I've had this discussion with a lot of my friends who also root for other Pac-12 teams, but there's not one voice out there that is standing up for the conference and and being vocal. There's not a media member that's out there stumping for the conference. There's not a uh, a prominent figure that, that is these. "Quote unquote" unofficial spokesperson for the Pac-12. Sure. You see it with a lot of other conferences. You know, I think Kirk Herbstreet has sort of become the guy who always speaks up for the SEC, not ne- not necessarily by choice. I think on Herbie's part, although I'm sure people will disagree as I say that, but <laughs> I think he just recognizes that the SEC is king and they're the most important. You know, but you have uh, Joel Clatt, you have Chris mm-hmm. Fowler, both Colorado alums, both Pac-12 guys, and neither of them feel comfortable enough to go out and and really you know stamp stamp the town with, with pac 12 pride and some of that is because the product was just not worth doing it but do you really want to go out and and campaign for larry scott because i sure as heck wouldn't jake and oh. so so i think that that's a, a potential change and the the big hope in my mind is that i hope that George has something up his sleeve to provide this conference with leverage. Because if it's just about improving the football, improving the recruiting, that's going to be tough sledding. Like Without money, without something, uh, without some sort of way to generate more fan interest, you're just you're you're kind of throwing darts against the wall and there's no barbecue sauce.
0: Yeah, it won't be enough. If that if that's simply if he thinks that's going to be it, that's not enough. You're right. That that absolutely it it won't be enough. We already know that. That's very clearly spelled out. We can just look at the other conferences and that that's very very clear. So, I think that Klyovkov, he's got plenty on his plate as he takes over this job, but man, the just restoring the the pride of this conference in terms of competing at a national level, that's right up there towards the top of the priority list. And Like I've mentioned, we're going to continue to discuss these different topics as we go day by day here on this podcast because there are plenty of them to dig into. We do need to talk about TV negotiations at some point here, Brian. There's there's still plenty to dig into. And Klyovkov... He took the job, I think, understanding that he has a myriad, or I guess we'll call a laundry list of things to come in and work on. I'm just hopeful that the football, the product on the field, the product on the court, I'm hopeful that's towards the top of his list.
1: It has to be because it's uh, – the only other really asset that you have is the PAC 12 network and unless he can find creative ways to use that to his advantage. And, and I don't know how you can go about doing that. Are you, are you going to run regional sports network stuff during the week as part of your coverage? You know, how, how do you turn that into a revenue generator or into a power asset that that's for a guy who has years of experience in network television and, and streaming and whatnot for does to decide and, and me to pontificate about because really my opinion is, is valued about what I get paid here at uh, locked on Utes. And so AK, you know, this,
0: I know you're living that ivory tower, man. So we know you're making a lot of money.
1: <laughs> this bull M&Ms is getting empty, brother. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, like I said, we'll continue to discuss these different topics as they come up. But it's going to be interesting. Klioffkov, as, as you're going to hear, there are so many things that he has to address early on in his tenure, and, and not necessarily early on, but just have to be addressed overall. And we're going to talk about these in coming podcasts. So stay tuned for it. It'll be kind of like kind of a it's going to be a running series, I think, on this, Brian. I really like kind of this. It's fun to have a new commissioner, and there's plenty to dig into and say, okay. What about this? What about that? We'll continue to discuss those. Coming up here in a minute, though, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a Utah fan here on a Thursday. The running Utes lose out on a transfer portal target. Also, Utah golf having success up at the NCAA regionals. And a super senior, one of the, I guess, what we'll call stalwart players for the Utah softball program, announces she's coming back for another year next year. We'll get to all of that here in just a few moments. First though, let's talk about our good friends at Bet Online. Brian, I know that you like to try crazy and unique ways in terms of your sports betting. What's the latest you've been trying with us with our friends at Bet Online?
1: I'm learning about futures, Jake. Okay. I don't know if you know if you've ever heard about this before, but you can bet on things that are coming ahead of time. What? I know. <laughs> what a, what a fancy idea. And uh, BetOnline.ag has those conference futures posted for the Pac-12 odds to win. We've got Oregon coming in at plus 225. USC at plus 275. Washington at plus 375. Arizona State at plus 450. And Utah at a very tasty plus
0: 1,000. Jeez, plus 1,000? Really? Do they really think that lowly? Uh, Lowly, is that the right term? I don't know. But that seems like a mighty enticing Uh, It's
1: it's almost like they know that the Locked on Utes podcast is, is just an absolute juggernaut in the market. They're like, hey, Utah fans. Come join the party. And guess what? We're going to give you 50% extra when you come yeah. join our website and start taking some of those futures bets.
0: Yeah, so get over to betonline.ag. Like Brian said, you can sign up for free. And when you make that first deposit, use the promo code locked on and you get a 50% welcome bonus. Whatever you deposit, 10 bucks, you get an extra five bucks tossed in. It's hundred bucks, it's fifty bucks. You guys can do the math. It's real simple. Take advantage of it, guys. Get in the game. Get in the action now. Do it with betonline.ag as they are your online sportsbook expert all right brian as we round out things here on a thursday edition of the show let's talk about the running utes and uh, let's be honest uh frankly disappointing loss in the transfer portal to john lucas announcing that he will go to byu over the other finalists including the university of utah
1: I had mentioned on yesterday's podcast that it looked like he was leaning towards DePaul and the early word leaking out was that it, that smoke had turned a different color Mm -hmm. and it happened to be one of the multiple shades of BYU blue. Uh, It's not the greatest of situations for the university of Utah, but I don't think it's an absolute nail in the coffin. They still have uh, a significant poker in the fire with Stefan Mitchell. and, And I think the, The trend with him is still to go with Utah for his final selection. And I do think there will be other prospects in the portal that Utah will be able to be in contact with. Guard is a need of sorts, um, but I think they could probably scrape by uh, without picking up another guard. What they really are in dire need of is is athleticism and scoring. And that's where I think this one kind of hits hard.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That's what Lucas offered. The guy averaged 14.8 points for Milwaukee over the past two seasons. He's gotten over 30 points multiple times in his career there in the Horizon League. So he he absolutely can fill it up bucket-wise. And funny enough, he's also a great distributor. I, I did a lot of this on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I know I host another podcast that covers BYU. Breaking news to all of you. Local <laughs> athletics, Jake. Let's
1: just leave it at that. <laughs>
0: But I, I talked about the fact that he, he, he averaged uh, 5.8 assists last year. That's top 20 in the country. So this is a guy who really would have been a fantastic addition for Utah. I'm with you. I think Utah could get by with the guards that they have currently, but adding another body would absolutely do them some some good. And we'll see what happens uh, in the transfer portal. The nice part is, and Brian, me talking with coaching staffs from around the state, there's a lot of confidence that even if you strike out early or you strike out on a guy you think you had in the transfer portal, the nice part is there's still a lot of guys in that portal who have talent. The hope is that Utah probably can get back in there. Maybe find a guy like, yeah, Stefan Mitchell, as you mentioned, or go find another bot, another guy that they like on film and maybe land him.
1: And that's the thing is there's still going to be players entering into the portal or getting back into it who uh, don't pan out at the NBA combine or go through the workout circuit and are uncomfortable about their position where they'll be drafted and so you can wait around for that a little bit and if worse comes to worse you can always just keep that spot open for next year and and take it in the in, in stride that this is going to be a rebuilding year so yeah it's there's a lot of options still it's it's not the end of the world it's just kind of not it's a bummer man it's just a bummer
0: well, yeah, you never want to lose out to the quote-unquote little brother down south. Let's be clear about that. that that's that's the thing about it. So, uh, obviously, it's going to sting Utah fans a little bit, but have faith. Uh, and, Brian, by the way, I think you make, bring a good point. It could end up – this is a quote-unquote year zero for the Utah basketball program where Craig Smith – He's got he's got some guys in place, but he very much is still working on getting his system installed, the right guys in place, and eventually they take off from there. But I do know that Utah fans, Utah basketball fans in particular, been a long time since they have seen success, and they are chomping at the bit to see the running Utes back near the top of the conference.
1: Speaking of people getting at the top of things, Jake, there was some good positive news. For our uh, our our swinging youths, our little ball, little white ball hitting youths,
0: men's golf, yes,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> swinging youths is actually pretty good. I kind of like that actually, though.
1: We can't they can't be the ping and so I think they'll be the swinging youths. But I liked it. Tristan Mander finished off what was a, just a phenomenal tournament and is going to be able to prog- progress on to the NCAA tournament as an individual. He finished fourth in the overall matches Utah ties for seventh they were tied for fifth uh the day previous and just couldn't hang on against a very tough competitive field
0: oh yeah no there's a lot of talent there okay Tristan Mandor he is in some elite company here Brian okay so he is the highest individual finisher at the NCAA regional after Dustin Pym Who's an all-time legend in Utah golf? Who was tied for fifth, and Kyler Dunkel tied for sixth. They also qualified for the NCAA Championships in 2006 and 2019, respectively. Really, really a great performance for Tristan Mandor. The nice part is he's only a junior. He's got he can come back and hopefully build on this in the next season. And I think overall, Brian, to see the Utes make the NCAA Regional for the first time since 1992. They're on the road to success. I think they've got things going. They've got that new facility that was built. It looks absolutely incredible. I want to go sleep there, work out there, and spend my entire life there. That's just me because I'm a sucker for golf. But I think they've got some good things going. I
1: would go for a nice picnic, maybe a chicken sandwich dinner. Sure. I whatever it is that I can, that gets me in the door, man. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a good, like you said, it is a good step forward. Blake Tomlinson will return. There's also, I'm sure the possibility of uh, uh, multiple other players returning just simply because of the the COVID year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. And so things do really look bright for that uh, program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Then one final note before we go here today is there is one player who's taking advantage of that free year and coming back to play for the Utes on the softball diamond, and that is Katie Falk, their three-year starter at Catcher. Speaking of the Utes softball team, she has played 146 career games and decided, you know what, I want to push for possibly 190 considering how long softball seasons can go. She's coming back for a quote-unquote super senior year next year for Coach Hogue.
1: And why not? This was not the season that they had hoped or anticipated, and if you get that extra year, it's a great time to come back and and try and get back on track. The program was excellent in every single out-of-conference game they played, simply struggled against a very tough, uh, strong Pac-12 slate. And and that's you know I think even the national pundits have disrespected the Pac-12 a little bit more than they should in terms of how they were seated for the NCAA tournament, but that all remains to be seen in terms of of how things finish. So we'll we'll let the uh, we'll let the cards fall as they say.
0: So she played in 54 of Utah's 55 games in the recently completed 2021 season, Brian. So if she does that again next year, she has an outside shot potentially if they make an NCAA regional of playing in 200 career softball games that would be an accomplishment right there
1: i have played in zero softball games so she's clearly far outpacing me at this point i don't think i'm going to get caught up anytime soon
0: yeah absolutely all right well brian any final thoughts and or shots from you before we go here
1: Jake, same as always. Thank you, everybody, for for listening, for the the back and forth. Uh, as always, it's it's much more fun um, when everyone is involved and, and, and playing together, so to speak, with our little community, like we learned at the Utah Social Open. So uh, stay well, be well, do well, everyone out there. Thank you, as always, for making every single day here on the Locked on Utes podcast a great day to be a Ute.
0: Absolutely. And follow the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Utes. Follow Brian's fine work at Brown Bear SLC, also over at utezone.com. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so. Jacob C. Hatch is my Twitter handle. Also, feel free to email the show anytime as well. LockedOnUtes at gmail.com is the email address. And until tomorrow, hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for May 20th, 2021.